0: This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Catholic prophecy can be a hard thing to wrap our heads around, which is probably the point of it, honestly. And by Catholic prophecy, I mean approved prophecy, not private revelations floating around the internet. I've long warned you uh, that Catholic prophecy seems to be coming true in the form of the ape of the church, the false church described by numerous mystics and Our Lady. Benedict XVI attempted to warn the faithful of this in 2009 and 2010 himself in an address that has been forgotten as part of a question asked him by a journalist. An anonymous Catholic writer recently submitted an article on this to Italian journalist Marco Tossati and his website. And I was going to use some pull quotes, but the whole thing is so fascinating that I have it here for you verbatim. The analysis is incredible, and it frankly makes a good case that Benedict knew that he had a role in the great apostasy. And what's more, that the great apostasy is not most of the faithful leaving the church, but rather the Catholic church separating itself from the ape of the church, that the faithful, as the body of Christ, separates itself in some way from the monstrous heretics in the institutional church in order to preserve the faith. Does that sound like our times? It certainly does to me. While the author never states that they believe Benedict is the true Pope, at least not so explicitly, or that they believe his resignation was invalid, as many of you in the audience attest to, they do hint at that. So I have the full text of that for you here now. Ratzinger, Tyconius, and Fatima, an interpretive key for the end times, written by an anonymous writer calling themselves a Marian soul, published originally by Marco Tosati, on his website, Marcotosati.com. I have it linked in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. You will, however, need a browser extension of some kind that will translate it for you, or you'll need to run the text through a translating website to read this, because it was published in Italian. Without further ado. It is no easy task to understand the present crisis of evil within the Church, which at times may seem overwhelming. Benedict XVI has indicated that the theology of Ticonius can assist the Church in understanding how to expose and ultimately defeat the evil of false brethren who lie hidden within her. Ticonius's insights overlap in various ways with the message of Fatima. If we consider Benedict's comments about Fatima in light of the Ticonian theology of the end times, We are offered a unique perspective on the nature of the church and the anti-church during their final confrontation. During his general audience on Wednesday, April 22, 2009, Pope Benedict XVI made a remarkable reference to an obscure ancient Christian writer from North Africa, Ticonius. In his commentary, he, Ticonius sees the apocalypse above all as a reflection of the mystery of the church. Ticonius had reached the conviction that the church was a bipartite body. On the one hand, he says she belongs to Christ, but there is another part of the church that belongs to the devil. For Benedict, Ticonius's conception of what will happen to the church in the end times provides an important missing link for grasping the unprecedented moment in the economy of salvation at which the Holy Father believes the church and the world have now arrived, as well as offering insight into his exceptionally enigmatic quote-unquote resignation. As early as 1956, Joseph Ratzinger was intrigued by the 4th century African theologian when, as a young burgeoning priest and professor, he crafted and published an essay entitled Reflections on Ticonius's Conception of the Church in the Liber Regularum. The essay explores what Ratzinger calls the paradox of Ticonius: the fact that a man consciously and willingly places himself out of any concrete ecclesiastical communion while still wanting to remain a Christian and believes he belongs to the true church. For Tychonius, the city of the devil exists both outside the church and inside the church, not only among the pagans but also among imposter Christians. Tychonius thus refers to a mysterious presence of evil within salvation history that is seen throughout sacred scripture and culminates in the bipartite structure of the church. She consists of two distinct bodies that coexist in the same visible institution, even though they are diametrically opposed to one another. The church's continual clash with the devil is the central theme of Tychonius' commentary, yet he is particularly preoccupied with the war waged within the church. The term anti-church is a fitting designation for the devil's body because his body masquerades as the church. Tychonius identifies this enemy body that camouflages itself with the outward trappings of the church using two biblical terms he deems interchangeable, the mystery of iniquity and the abomination of desolation. According to Tychonius, this iniquitous, abominable, adverse entity will be fully revealed only at the time of what Tychonius calls the great discesio, see 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3. Many English translations render this word as apostasy or revolt. The Latin term clearly has the sense of a falling away or separation. It is only at the time of the falling away that the bipartite condition of the world, two cities, one of God and one of the devil, Will be wholly laid bare, displayed in what will actually be a tripartite division: the true church, the false church, and the heathen world. For Tyconius, it is only when the Great Discesio occurs that the distinction between the true, true church and the false church is finally made manifest. Only in the Discesio will God's true people, the right part of the Lord's body, be revealed. Faithful Christians usually assume that the falling away, the separation, the departure. Will be instigated by droves of people leaving the church, a massive exodus of unbelievers. For for Tychonius, however, the opposite is true. Tychonius understands that the great falling away of the end times will not be caused by unfaithful people leaving the bride of Christ, but rather by the bride of Christ pulling away from those within her who are unfaithful. In other words, for Tychonius, it is not the infidels who will fall away, but rather the true believers who will withdraw from the evil within the church. A paradoxical reversal indeed. For Ticonius it is the new Israel who must depart on her new exodus. The true church herself will effect the great apostasy as a way of salvation from her enemies. In a real sense, the true church will force the apostasy into the light. For the body of the devil, present in the false brothers inhabiting the church, is already, and always has been, apostate. That fact has merely been concealed. Ticonius explains. It is necessary that Antichrist be revealed in the whole world, and in the same way to be overcome everywhere by the Church, but now he is hidden in the Church. How will the false brethren deceive people into trusting their guidance? Ticonius is unequivocally emphatic about this point. These false brethren are often found among the Church's leaders, the bishops. The bishops do under the guise of a gift of the Church what advances the will of the devil. The bishops offer to the beast the veneer of a lamb while he uses them as mouthpieces for his agenda. Once the apostasy has been enacted, however, the Bride of Christ, the true Church, will then be battling not only the false brothers, but the heathen world as well, which will have joined forces with the false brothers in an openly united demonic front. To the whole body of the devil it was permitted by God. Seen in the light of Tychonian theology, Benedict XVI's various comments about the significance of the message of Fatima, take on a new significance. It becomes apparent that Benedict XVI understands the message of Fatima within the context of Ticonius's assertion that the greatest evil for the Church in the end times is the evil hidden within her. During Benedict XVI's pilgrimage to Fatima in May 2010, a reporter asked the Holy Father, Your Holiness, what meaning do the Fatima apparitions have for us today? In June 2000, when you presented the text of the Third Secret in the Vatican press office, a number of us and our former colleagues were present. You were asked if the message could be extended beyond the attack on John Paul II to the other sufferings on the part of the popes. Is it possible to your mind to include in that vision the sufferings of the church today? Considering that the Holy See had essentially closed the door in the third secret of Fatima, Benedict's reply was nothing short of stupefying. It can now also be perceived as Tychonian, quoting Benedict XVI. Beyond this great vision, the suffering of the Pope, which can in the first place refer to John Paul II, an indication is given of realities involving the future of the Church, which are gradually taking shape and becoming evident. So it is true that in addition to the moment indicated in the vision, there is a mention of, there is seen, the need for a passion of the Church, which naturally is reflected in the person of the Pope. Yet the Pope stands for the Church, and thus it is sufferings of the Church that are announced. The Lord told us that the church would constantly be suffering in different ways until the end of the world. As for the new things which we can find in this message today, there is also the fact that attacks on the Pope and the church come not only from without, but the sufferings of the church come precisely from within the church, from the sin existing within the church. This too is something that we have always known, but today we are seeing it in a really terrifying way. That the greatest persecution of the church comes not from her enemies without but arises from sin within the church. Benedict's mostly theologically charged statement was his comment about the vision designating a passion of the church. According to Benedict's assessment, the revelation of the three young children of Fatima was primarily about that passion, the coming sufferings of the church, which are still to unfold and will be reflected in the person of the Pope. And from where will the attacks that bring about this passion arise? He attested precisely from within the church. Analyzing Ratzinger's comments, one author posits, when the cardinal spoke of the last things, he was referring to what the prophet Daniel said would take place in the end. He was referring to the end times, the last things, or as we would say in Greek, eschata, the eschatological things, the eschatological text of scripture. This is the third secret. Evaluating other messages of the Blessed Virgin Mary from church-approved apparition sites, one is inclined to agree with that author. In addition, two cardinals who had personally read the third secret offered further credence to the viewpoint. First, Cardinal Odi, a personal friend of Pope John the Twenty-Third, who had discussed the Third Secret with him, said in testimony to an Italian journalist in 1990, It, the Third Secret, has nothing to do with Gorbachev. The Blessed Virgin was alerting us against apostasy in the Church. Second, Cardinal Chiappi, a personal papal theologian to Pope's John XXIII, Paul VI, John Paul I, and John Paul II, in a communication to a certain Professor Baumgartner in Salzburg, divulged in the third secret, it is foretold, among other things, that the great apostasy in the church will begin at the top. As a final endorsement of this perspective, Father Gabriel Morth, the former chief exorcist of Rome, who personally knew Padre Pio for 26 years, gave a nearly identical verification when he attributed to the great Capuchin saint an extraordinary mystic. Indeed, he states, one day Padre Pio said to me very sorrowfully, You know, Gabriel, it is Satan who has introdu- been introduced into the bosom of the church and within a very short time will come to rule a false church. Chronologically and theologically, what does the great apostasy have to do with I know to which Ratzinger referred? It is their linchpin. St. Paul affirms in his second epistle to the Thessalonians that the great apostasy is the triggering event for the commencement of the last things, that which unlocks the door for the advent of the son of perdition, the lawless one, the Antichrist. Once set in motion, there is no turning back. The world and all of humanity will have entered a collision course with destiny. As Benedict realized that as Pope, he has had to initiate the withdrawal of the true church from the false, so as to inaugurate the great apostasy and begin the exposure of the false brethren who have infiltrated the church to the highest levels? With these questions in mind, let us look anew at the portion of the Third Secret transcribed by Sister Lucia herself, which pertains to the Pope. Quote, And we saw in an immense light that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it, a bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men, and women religious going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross of rough-hewn trunks as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city half in ruins, and half trembling with halting step. Afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Reflecting on Sister Lucia's vision, Antonio Sochi proposes that the bishop dressed in white and the Holy Father may actually be two distinct persons. He provocatively asks, does the secret that has as its center two figures, the bishop dressed in white and an old pope, speak to us about the present? Who are these two figures? Further, Sochi notes a truly stunning development. On May 12, 2017, at Fatima, it was Pope Bergoglio himself who said that he is the bishop dressed in white. Sister Lucia was always extremely attentive to detail and careful to relay exactly what the Blessed Virgin revealed to her. It would have been quite simple for her to keep referring to the bishop in white, if it was in fact one and the same person. But she did not do this. Her words make clear that there are two distinct persons, the bishop dressed in white and the Holy Father. Benedict knew the framework of Ticonius's theology at the end times. He knew that after the unity there is going to be another separation in the last contest. He also knew that the holy people, having been clearly warned by God, will leave the false church, causing the great discesio. With such an understanding of eschatological ecclesiology, what must happen to the church in the end times, the two figures described by Sister Lucia have taken on a unique significance in the acutely theological aware mind of Joseph Ratzinger. It seems quite possible that at a certain point, Pope Benedict XVI ascertained the overlap and intersection of the message of Fatima and the theology of Tychonius, and in so doing, realized his own staggering and monumentous mission, that he was being called like Abraham to set forth in faith, not knowing where he was to go, to take the church as Abraham took Isaac and prepared to offer her as a fiery offering, so that from one man himself as good as dead, numerous descendants would one day come forth because of Benedict's faith, a step that could only be taken because of a direct and personal call from God, a step that would make no sense if considered in terms of human calculation or worldly prudence but a step that would initiate a new exodus for the new Israel at the hour of her final Passover, when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. Did Benedict XVI glean from the third secret, in accordance with the teaching of Ticonius, that in God's providential designs the climax of the confrontation between the true church and the anti-church would only take place when the valid successor of Peter permitted the arrival of the bishop dressed in white? That what was shown to the children of Fatima was exactly what Sister Lucia described, a mirror image, one who appears to be the Holy Father, but in fact is only a double. Was Sister Lucia additionally trying to communicate and highlight the semblance of a Pope when she said, We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Did she intend to place the emphasis in that sentence on the word impression? We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Was this because when the bishop dressed in white would finally appear, the whole world would be under the same impression? While in point of fact the bishop dressed in white would only resemble the Pope, The way an image is seen in a mirror resembles reality, an imitation, an empty reproduction, a usurper. If so, did this awareness lead Benedict XVI to set out in faith, like Abraham, not knowing where he was going, handing practical power over the visible structure of the church to a bishop dressed in white, so as to initiate the great discesio? Like I said, that's a huge amount of material to wrap your head around. But it does appear that the great apostasy is not people... At least the faithful or anyone leaving the institutional church, but the subversion of the church to the ends of the secular world for the purposes of the man of sin. And the apostasy is essentially the faithful leaving that. If, the, if that is correct, then we have definitely witnessed the beginning of the process. And I say the beginning because Catholic prophecy does warn of an evil counsel that is part of the ape of the church and the great apostasy. Maybe that's the synod on synodality that's going on now. Maybe it's a future council by the next pontiff, who knows. But it will seek to annihilate the teachings of the church on the morality of the flesh, the family, and the nature of the church itself, which is definitely the synod on synodality. Or maybe we're all reading too much into this. I will leave that up to you to decide. I'm not a prophet myself. I just read this stuff. If you made it all the way to the end of this video, thanks. It is appreciated, and so I have a bit of news for you. I have a follow-up planned on this, addressing the idea that Father Malachi Martin revealed the third secret of Fatima piecemeal in various addresses and inter- interviews, not the direct text, not the quotes, but what he said it had. Let me know if you want a video on that, because here's a hint. It lines up perfectly with what Benedict XVI said, but with more details and is more scary. Let me know in the comments, though, what you thought of this. Like I said, I have it linked today in the show notes at return to Just look for the post with the same name as this episode and the date that it was posted, and you will find it there. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As to sharing these messages on social media, that helps a lot as well. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.